Hello and welcome to the Helping Hand podcast. My name's Pauline Shannon. I'm a mother of three and a reflex integration therapist. Each week I will be meeting someone who helps children and families. I will be asking them what they do and how they do it. We will learn how different therapies can help, how to choose which is right for you and how to find them when you need them. Hi, today I'm talking to Dr. Jo Kelly, who's an art psychotherapist and counsellor. Her specialism is with adolescents, but is qualified to work therapeutically across all age ranges. Hi, Joe. Thanks for joining me today. Hello, Pauline. Nice to meet you. Joe, do you want to start by telling us what is art psychotherapy? Yes, art psychotherapy and art therapy are two terms that are used interchangeably. Um, some people prefer the title art therapist. Some people prefer the term art psychotherapist but they are used interchangeably and they are an evidence-based intervention that uses created visual imagery to help and support individuals who experience problems. And these can range from anxiety, which is really common, um, relationship problems along the spectrum to diagnosed mental health conditions such as um, psychosis, schizophrenia. It's important to know that art therapy, art psychotherapy is regulated by the Healthcare Professions Council, which is a body that oversees about 15 occupations. And all those occupations have protected titles and are regulated by the HCPC. So if one is looking for a therapist, an art psychotherapist, it is important that the, the individual knows that the art therapist is registered with the HCPC and you can look that up on the internet to check the credentials and currency. Um, so the other occupations are a psychologist, physiotherapist, biomedical scientist and, the, and, and there's 15 of these other professions. Um, art therapists work in a range of facilities. Um, they can work in hospitals, so NHS and private hospitals, care homes, hospices, they work in education, that's my area, um, prisons, rehab, and in private practice, among others. So that isn't exhaustive. Um, the Professional Association is the British Art Therapy, um, British Association of Art Therapists, BART is the acronym. Um, and again, it is important for a practitioner to be registered with them because there is a code of conduct um, and um, BART is the professional association, so lobbies for art psychotherapists um, in Britain. Uh, my specialty is with young people, children and young people. So my background is education. Um, and I was trained originally as a teacher. And I came into art therapy really because I found sometimes in teaching, I was trying to teach um, square pegs in round holes. And young people, and this is primary age up to middle, middle years, I was finding that children were often disconnecting from education and it was because they had other problems going on in their lives. And it may have been divorce, bereavement, um, behavioral issues that were presenting and we didn't know why. So I found that quite um, frustrating. And I, these, the behaviorally challenged children often I gravitated towards them. Um, and then there was a period in which I worked in a hospital and I had the opportunity to job share an art therapist in a hospital in a psychiatric unit. And I found that really fascinating 
but it was only fast forward another 20 years when I, I trained. I actually trained in Australia in the University of Queensland. So my training was based there where art therapy is not state regulated. So it's, it's a much more emergent profession, less well established. And I joined my professional association to help move the profession forward. Um, so I then started working as a school counsellor. Now in Australia, just as here, you can be in a, in a role where you are doing art therapy, but you're not called an art therapist. So there's an invisibility, even here, where the profession is under sort of established, um, there's still an invisibility in job titles, particularly um, outside education. Sorry, out, yeah, outside health, sorry. Um, and so I came back here about two years ago, um, having completed my research, which was in the area of mental health, art therapy in a senior school. They call them high schools in, in Australia. So that's where I did my research. And it was participatory research, which meant I involved the young people who were my participants in the actual research process. Um, so having come back here, I had no networks. So initially I went back in briefly into teaching, um, but then managed to get work as a lecturer and also starting in private practice. Um, I work as a contractor for an agency called the Owl Therapy Centre, and they are primarily speech and language therapists. And Nicola, who runs the company, uh, would go into schools and do speech and language and realize there was a need for other therapists and interventions. So they have a whole host of therapists, speech and language therapists, um, expressive therapists, counselors, dance and movement therapists, art psychotherapists. And we, they, we are contracted. We work as contractors. I have my own private practice where I pick up work through either my website or via just word of mouth. Um, so I work normally in schools because I'm working with young people and young people have to go to school. And so school is a good place to work therapeutically with the young person. And I work in with age group five up to senior school. And the important thing about what I do working in schools is I fit around school. So I'm building relationships with the school office, the school teachers, and key people that are involved with the young person, depending on what the problem is, and also the parents. So I'm sort of in the middle there, and I work with the child. I need a space, a room for privacy, like most counselling, it's, it's in a space. So I take all my materials, and I have art materials. I'm like, um, I carry a, a, a range of art materials, so I'm very strong. Um, I take paper, a range of papers, crayons, paints. We work with clay. Um, we make books. When I worked as a counsellor in Australia, I had my own room. So I had everything there. I was so privileged. Um, we would, as I say, make books. We would make um, um, dream weavers. I would try to engage the student because often, particularly teenagers, what teenager wants to tell an adult person their problems? They don't. They are beginning to individuate and move and develop and become independent 
Um, and that means moving away from parents um, and moving towards peer group. And often the information with a peer group can be very um, not accurate. And there's still a stigma around mental health. We're getting better at talking about it, but we're still not really that good. And certainly teenagers, I find, are reluctant to talk about their problems. So if I can get a teenager in the room and I can engage with them, and that might be, let's do some artwork. Now, what can happen, art therapists believe that creativity is an innate human characteristic. And it is, it can help us problem solve. And it is a way of accessing the subconscious by subverting and privileging the subconscious. So when we talk to a counselor or talk to anyone, we can, we choose what to say and we can censor ourselves. And we do that if we're in counseling because often it's hard for us to open up and trust and be vulnerable. Um, but by doing imagery, the guard is down in a sense. So the imagery can bring out stuff that understood and talked about. So in one regard, it's very gentle because it doesn't mean doing a lot of talking. If a, I've had students who've come in really, really angry and upset, have stormed into my room, sat down, worked with paints, made a real mess, a brown mess, and I've done, you know, how are you? Not even engaging with me, and then has folded this piece of wet, soggy, brown mess up and walked out, and later has come back. I've dried it, put it in a folder, kept it safe. And then at some time later, remember when you came and saw me whenever it was? This is what you do. Do you want, do you want to tell me a little bit about that? And they choose to or not. But what you're building is a therapeutic relationship because that is the fundamental important thing in any counseling therapeutic intervention. And what that's what I found with my research. I thought the art was really special because I'm an artist. I've had art imbued in me since I was, uh, since I can remember. But I understand other people don't use creativity. It's, it, it dies out of them somehow. And so I'm familiar with that, but I understand other people are not. So in, in doing my research with my students, they didn't think the artwork was that important. What was important was the relationship, but we built that through the art. And what it did was it lowered the power differential because there is a power differential. I'm an adult. Um, I'm a, I'm, I know more about the area than the young person does. Um, I have more experience of life and they're coming into my room. They're vulnerable, they're under, in distress. So creating art together often, it, it reduces the power differential. Not completely, obviously, but we engage as creative beings in this process, and it is an experiential process. So I can talk about it, but actually the, the power is in the experience. It's great. Your enthusiasm comes over, and that's, that's really important. And now I have a much better idea of, of what it is, because as you said, I hadn't or I couldn't appreciate the importance of the art in the process. Now I, I absolutely get it as a relationship builder and an opener of doors and 
yeah that that makes a lot of sense so I suppose in your school and your private practice are different but you know roughly how many times would you see somebody or how long does the relationship go on for yeah it, that's that varies um certainly sometimes it depends on funding available so if you're working um with um say private health care there might be a limit we'll we'll offer 10 sessions but i always find that working with young people um i try to be as open-ended as possible and certainly working in australia i work with indigenous children in long-term foster care now we're talking trauma of young people so my engagement with them was over um uh, years moving through different foster homes moving to different schools different carers kinship carers so it was important that i was consistent here i have worked with um um fostered and adopted children um but the tendency is i work term to term because i'm based in school and the actual sessions are about an hour but i am led by the child obviously the younger the child the engagement might be a bit less um because of attention and depending on what the issue is but generally speaking i it it's it's more a longer term therapy in my view and what i try to do after we build the therapeutic relationship is to address the issues that are underlying and in one case it was um it's been anger for instance um rage and anger and so it's around then the, i start to work with what's what's that about it can be family breakup bereavement and then during the sessions with them i will give strategies as well so there's a psychoeducational element and technically speaking that isn't art therapy but it, it is art therapy it's part and parcel of what i bring and um if you can provide some skills for a young person that they can use to continue on these are coping mechanisms that they can utilize in their lives as an ongoing basis so it's about therapy all therapy is is learning but it's learning about yourself and in that regard i i'm i have no problem with talking if somebody doesn't want to do art therapy okay let's talk and often adults are, they, they they think playing is childish but actually it's through play that we work things out and through creating we can as i say we can access those things that we're censoring to the outside world um and it does come through um so yeah it's it, that's i have not answered the question um but with my present clients i tend to work for a few months um and we review after every six sessions which try usually coincides with half terms or end of terms and there's a review which involves parents school key key people and sometimes the child not always the child um and then we decide right where are we at where are we going and then i will work with the school again and depending on what the agreement is um so that's that's the way i work are there particular conditions behaviors or emotions that art therapy is particularly suited to art therapy is useful can be useful across all activities all issues or problems 
the key thing is, is, is like with any modality, is whether the individual, whether the client is willing to engage. And in the case of young people, a young person, whether it's a child who's willing to engage with you or an older child, the fact that they are willing to engage shows incredible um, bravery, particularly for teenagers, again, <clears throat> because they don't, they often don't, they want to deal with their problems themselves. So why would they go and tell everyone or tell somebody that there's, they think there's something wrong with them? And there, there isn't anything wrong because often the issues they come are around the issues in life, like anxiety. So in high school, it can be anxiety around performance. Um, it can be anxiety around peer groups, friendships. It can be bullying. And these are, these are life problems. It can be family breakup. It can be domestic abuse. It, so in that regard, they, if they will come and they are willing to engage, then I can work with them because then we can start. If they're not willing to engage, then you're not going anywhere. And it's not the right time for that person. Yeah, back to the same old, the right therapy at the right time with the right therapist. <laughs> Did you migrate any of your work online during the pandemic? That was a real that was a real dilemma for me because um, I was asked by my contract where I work whether I would go online. And my thinking is no, because, and so I didn't. And the reasons for that were if I'm working with a new person, I don't know, all I get is a little rectangle in the computer screen. And even though I will get information and do an assessment, there's so much that is missing in that. And then how does one do art therapy? I can ask the child or the young person to do artwork and, and interface that through the computer, but it's qualitatively different. So I made the decision not to, um, but I've been very fortunate because I've been continue, continuing to work in schools as the schools were taking on um, key worker children or children with needs, I was able to go in the school. The other thing I refused to do is to work with a mask because if you work with a mask, there is a lot of, a lot of um, information that is missing. Um, so I have been ongoing working in schools. I mean, I've had COVID-19 so, and I've had my vaccine. So in that regard, I, <clears throat> I felt I wasn't a risk, you know, I have immunity um, and we do all the safety stuff. I'm hoping things will get back to normal um, sort of come September. But uh, yes, I chose not to work online for those reasons. So once we get back to working normally, if there are parents who want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Um, my telephone number is on the website. I'm based near Stroud and um, an email, you, one can send an email or phone. Uh, the difficulty is um, I have other work, so it's trying to fit the young person in with the other work in school. So it's, it, it's the um, adjusting with flexibility with schools, whether the schools were okay for, most schools are brilliant. They are open to um, 
a therapist coming in. Some schools just refuse to have outsiders in during the beginning of the, um, the lockdowns, but that's beginning to change. And the thing that will happen is the need is great. The need already is great. Um, when you think that 20% of adolescents experience um, mental health problems in any given year, and about 50% 50 50 of mental health problems are established by 14, and 70 75% of mental health problems are established by 20, 20, age 24. And 10% of children and young people aged five to 16 have clinically diagnosable mental health problems. And 70% of children and, children and youth who experience mental health haven't had any appropriate interventions at a sufficiently early age. Now that, those statistics are old statistics, ranging from 2008, 2004, 2005, 2015. With the pandemic impacts, there's going to be a lot of need out there. So, um, and the thing that parents need to watch for is uh, the change in behavior of their child. Parents know their children best. So if there is a change in behavior that a parent is concerned about, and this is where gut, parental gut instinct is really important, they should try to seek help as early as they can. The thing about the services that are available uh, um, in this country is that it's, they, it's been patchy and funding hasn't been given. It's been taken away after the last um, um, recession and the impacts of that were felt before the pandemic. And even though the government is talking about putting money into mental health, obviously that takes time to seep in. What a lot of schools have done have put in social and emotional trained teachers to spot issues in young people that may be manifesting themselves, but they are not counsellors. Their role is not therapeutic. And often there's a difficulty there because schools, many schools in, in England anyway, do not have counsellor access. Wales has a policy to have a counsellor in, in every school um, I don't know about Scotland and Northern Ireland, but certainly England does not. And that needs to change. And that's where parents can put pressure on schools. Sounds like good advice. It's not always so easy to put pressure on the school, though, is it? Could you please repeat the websites that you mentioned before where people can find approved therapists? Um, BART, the acronym is BART, B-A-A-T which is the British uh, Association of Art Therapists, and the HCPC, which is the Healthcare Professions Council. Um, that is where you can find um, psychologists and art therapists. The BACP is the British Association of Counseling and Psychotherapists, but they're not art therapists, but I belong to them as well. Um, and... Um, any, if you do searches for supports and resources, there's a lot out there on the internet. It's the practical face-to-face -face support that often parents um, can't find. The Owl Therapy Centre, I'll do a plug for the Owl Therapy Centre. They're a Cheltenham-based agency or organisation, but they run across England, mainly the south of England, um, Kent, Gloucestershire, Wiltshire, um, around sort of the, a band around the south of the country. Um, but there, there are others 
Joe, thank you so much for speaking to me this evening. It has made it much clearer to me what art therapy is and what its role is, and also really clear that there really is a need for these things and a really need a need for things like this podcast to highlight to people what's available, where they are, how to get your hands on it. And thank you again for helping me do that this evening. Thank you, Pauline, for contacting me. And I'd love to hear your, um, to give you, if you give me your website or your, the podcast details, I'd love to listen to some of them when, they, when they're actually produced. You've been listening to the Helping Hand podcast, connecting families with help and support when they need it. If you want more information or to find a therapist near you, go to helpinghandonline.co.uk.